Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly on KFAN, presented by Devonis. Your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy speculation and advice. Fantasy Football Weekly is also brought to you by Grain Belt Premium, No Name Butcher Quality Meats, Honda, Town Hall Family, and by the Park Tavern. Now, now, along with Fanball and League Safe's Matt Harrison and Brian Johnson, here's Paul Charchian. Good morning. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly on the Fan. I am Paul Charchian. Uh, no Matt Harrison. We've got Scott Fish back. Hello, Scott. What's going on? Good to talk to you. Brian Johnson, I would normally say as always, but not the case. I know. Took last week off, slacker. I know. Sorry about that. It's good to be back, though. I missed you guys. It is our annual Deer Hunting Widows show. Every year for now, I don't know, 15 years. And, Tony, this is important for you. For 15 years on Deer Hunting Opener, ladies, it's all about you. We are dedicating our phone lines to you. You've got first priority all day, and we only go to the, the guys if you don't show up. And most, most every year, you guys show up. I've already upset guys, two male gals. callers, so... Yep, feel free to keep doing I that. I plan on it. Yep. Um, it's Chick Chat Week at Fantasy Football Week, Weekly, and now, deer hunters, that doesn't mean we don't love you. We totally understand you've got dual passions in your life. Fantasy football and deer hunting. We, uh, we've got another tradition going where people text me. If you're listening, not text me, they tweet me photos of what their, their deer stand right now. So here's what I'm looking for. If you're in the deer stand and you're listening, you're streaming the show right now, I am retweeting your, your tweets of what you're seeing right now in your deer stand. Now, it's got to be a lie. I want a photo. I want a photo from today. Don't show, Don't send me a photo from last week with sunny skies and 50, or last year, sunny skies, 50-degree weather. It should be miserable like it is here throughout most, most or not all of Minnesota. Um, and uh, we'd like to... We'd like to celebrate the fact that you listen from the deer stand. I almost took a deer out with my car. As a celebration. Getting off 100. Uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, last night of all places, yeah. On 100? Yeah. Well, getting off. Cities? Jeez. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, so we'll retweet to all 50-some at thousand of my followers. We'll be like, why Why in the world is Church doing this? You'll find out. So there we go. Uh, plenty to get to. Now, oh, by the way, ladies, uh, the phone number. 651-989-5326. Now, in your 20-plus years of doing the show, Charge, has a guy ever called in after maybe, like, kicking himself or hitting himself in the junk to, you know, raise it's happened. voice? Yeah. <laughs> now, it, more commonly, it's the six-year-old girl who's trying to, uh, uh, in, yes, in fact, yes. in classic fashion, trying to find out if her dad, if she, quote, should start... Chris Fuamaa Maafala, <laughs> yeah. and uh, so that's you know that's the tricky one. Right I remember there. those. Do you just allow those because it's so adorable? So it, with a six-year-old, it's pretty cute. Yeah, yeah. but you're, we don't encourage that because <laughs> seriously, we want we want more women to play. We love that women play. This is a great opportunity for us to um, to help make a comfortable environment for our female listeners. Uh, uh, before we dive into all of the meat of the show, let me mention this. Ran into this on Twitter and was surprised that this is even a thing, but there are a handful of people out there when the Deshaun Watson news broke. Was it Wednesday? I think it was Wednesday. Yeah. On Wednesday, 
some people immediately, as the news was breaking, traded away Deshaun Watson at full value, not disclosing the injury. That's a D-bag move right That's there. Terrible. Commissioners, we talk about this all the time about how you, you know, we we think you should basically never veto a trade unless it's extraordinary circumstance that has nothing to do with the judgment of the two players. But this is a scenario where commissioners, you can jump in and you can undo that trade because if you're trading somebody who is hurt or may be hurt and you just have you happen to find out before the recipient of the trade, that's not that's not a legitimate trade. You have to disclose that. Also, just trades that are were already you know hanging out there that had been proposed with Watson involved, and then that new right race, same and thing that guy yes. jumps it up. Yep, except. same thing. That's a great point. Same exact thing. So, commissioners, yes, you can you can get involved. Ooh, we're already getting our first uh, our first uh, pictures from deer hunters in the deer stand in the middle of fields and forests. We love it. Yeah, that's fun. Um, at Paul Charchian, by the way, is the Twitter feed for that. Commissioners, you can get involved on the Watson deal, and you can undo those trades, and you should. So when I said this on Twitter, outrage from people were like, caveat emptor, you know, if you're the buyer, it's your job to make sure that everybody in this deal is healthy, and you should be Googling it, and blah, blah, blah. Like, what? What is wrong with you? That's absurd. That people doesn't have, help trades that are already sitting up yeah, there. And, right, and trades that are already out there, whatever else. You Don't hit the submit button until you've done your research. Like, that's, that's, not, that's not accurate. People have jobs and lives, and you can't always know. All right, let's move on. Plenty to get to in the course of the show. We've got Take a Chance on Me, Five Tough Questions, Premature Speculation, Lightning Round, and we'll break down all of the matchups. Light week, which is great. Mm -hmm. We love that part. Um, And ladies, we've talked about taking your calls today. Just the, the reality is that will probably happen in about 40 minutes. So we already have a couple of a couple of female callers on hold. We hope I hope you will continue to hold, but the reality is that that's probably coming up in the third segment of the show. We begin with our first matchup of the day, and that is Falcons taking on the Panthers. Scott Falcons offense obviously has been extremely frustrating, and now yeah. they face a very good defense in the yeah. Panthers. So it doesn't feel like this is an opportunity to get healthy. It's yeah, it's rough. I, I don't like this matchup at all for really anybody. But uh, I am giving a C grade to Ryan in the passing game. Mm-hmm. He couldn't get out of his funk against the Jets. The Panthers are top five against the pass. I, it's going to be tough. They've they've held seven of their eight quarterbacks they've faced under two hundred thirty yards. Uh, Brady, the only one over that. But Matt Ryan has had at least two hundred thirty and a touchdown every game. He's been fairly consistently average yeah. this year. So I'm still going to give him a starting grade. Uh, Julio Jones, he's had at least 70 yards in five of the last six games, but no opposing receiver has been above 90 on the Panthers. Mm. So I think maybe he's going to land right in there. I'm giving him a B grade. I, I, I'm still a little positive about Jones this week. I, I don't know that he scores, though. Don't forget, what was it, 300 yards in his last game against the yeah, Panthers? Yeah, remember? Well, it was actually, the that was the first of the two games first last, last year. year yeah. That was the game in which Benet Benwickery yeah. was summarily fired yeah. after the game. <laughs> and we, we, we started a whole new adjective or a whole new noun. Or Benwickerized we, yeah, ben, yeah, That's right. Julio wow. Benwickerized him. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so also Mohamed Sanu, I'm giving a B grade to, mostly because... He's going to be in the slot going up against Captain Munnerlin, who's terribly graded by PFF, and he's got a five-inch height advantage. 
Averaging eight and a half targets and 70 yards per game since he's uh, come back into the lineup. I like that matchup. I thought the Vikings might miss Captain Munderland more than it turns out they have. That yeah. was, I think, the I think the front office got it right. Yep, I do too. Uh, Hooper, I'm, I'm putting on the bench. I said last week he's been hot and cold. This week he gets a top 10 defense against tight ends. Mm. Freeman, I would give him a C grade, but I know that you have Jordan Howard, Melvin Gordon, McKinnon, Bell, Pats running backs all on by. So I'm going to give him a low B grade against a very tough defense. Yeah. But they, they haven't allowed a running back over 90 total yards, but Freeman's gained 17 touches a game, and the Panthers are allowing five receptions for a game. So maybe there's some, maybe there's just enough to get him to a low B there. Yep. Coleman, I'm probably benching, but I'll. I'm probably benching. We're letting but, uh, the fact that it's a brutal bye week affect yeah, our rankings exactly. a little bit. It's terrible. I, it is. I, I mean, I, in a full week, I think Coleman would probably yes, be a bench guy. He's a this bench week, guy. he this feels week, like a C. Exactly. Because he is getting 10 touches a game, and he does, even though he hasn't caught a lot of passes recently, he does get pass catching. So mm-hmm. it, maybe he has just enough to get you a C this week. All right, on the Panther side, Newton. <sighs> Man, the Falcons' defense is holding quarterbacks to 220 yards over the last five they've only allowed one 300 yard game but i think newton can get enough rushing even though he's only averaging 200 a game over his last three i think he can get enough rushing to give you a c grade there Mm -hmm. uh over to the passing game and receivers samuel and Shepard. i'm benching i don't know what their role is going to be now with with benjamin gone i don't know where the volume's actually going to go i'm also benching dixon 26 yards a game over the last three in atlanta's top 10 against tight ends no thanks. Nope. Bunches. I this is tricky, the, isn't it? This is the only time you're ever going to hear me say this. Your boy. I, I hate. I cannot stand Funches, but I might give him a A grade this week. An I, A grade. I know. I want to give him a B plus, but you you don't allow. There are that. no pluses, and there are no pluses in this show. Yeah. There's no crying in baseball. There's Gre- no pluses and minuses. Greg Olson still. Uh, he he was already the target leader on the team with 8.3 targets per game with. Greg Olson out. So he's going to draw top coverage, but Atlanta's given up a touchdown to the number one receiver in six straight. Funches is the red zone threat here, and they've allowed 60 yards to three straight number one receivers. Yeah. I think he's just going to get 10 plus targets and have the volume. I'm benching Stewart because he's terrible this year. I don't care that he scored last week. McCaffrey, Atlanta gets torched by pass catching running backs. Mm -hmm. It's why I was all over Terry Cohen week one on fanball.com articles. It still holds true. They were bad last year. They're bad this year. Mm-hmm. They're McCaffrey. That's his zone. Atlanta's allowing seven catches and fifty-five yards receiving to running backs. McCaffrey, I'm giving an A grade to. All right, nice. Um, I I like McCaffrey a lot. He's inside my top ten yeah. overall at the running back position this week. Bengals take on the Jaguars, and this is a super dicey matchup. Uh, lowest grade of the year for uh, for AJ Green for me. The Bengals have arguably the worst offensive line in football, and the Jaguars have the most sacks in the league by a mile. Uh, This feels like a very dicey matchup for the passing game to me. Brian, you see it that way? Oh, yeah, no doubt. Uh, This is one of those times where A.J. Green definitely doesn't get an A. I'm still Mm going to give him a B here just because he is an elite talent. But, uh, yeah, this is uh, basically the worst matchup for wide receivers going up against the Jaguars. Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Bouye. Probably the best cornerback duo in the NFL yep. uh, right now. But uh, Green is elite. Like I said, he does have several inches of height advantage on each guy. And uh, elite wide receivers fared okay against the Jaguars. DeAndre Hopkins had seven for 55 yards and a touchdown. Antonio Brown caught 10 balls for 157 yards. So some hope for Green. 
Not for the other wide receivers, though. They are on the bench. The Jaguars have allowed one opposing wide receiver touchdown all year. That was Hopkins, and they're allowing less than 10 catches and 110 yards per game to wide receivers as a whole. Okay. That is just awful. Yep. So they're on That's, the bench. Yep. Uh, as is Tyler Croft. Uh, he will get C grades in the future and has in the past. Uh, is averaging more than five targets over his last four games, has scored three touchdowns in that span. But only one opposing tight end has topped 50 yards against the Jaguars. That was Delaney Walker in Week 2. And only one tight end has scored against Jacksonville in their last four. So Croft is on the bench, as is Andy Dalton for pretty much obvious reasons. Jacksonville has allowed four passing touchdowns in seven games. No quarterback has thrown for multiple touchdowns. And only one has topped 225 yards against the Jaguars this year. It's almost an auto bench for any quarterback against Jacksonville. I've I've got Dalton below guys like... Well, I think probably all of our take a chance at me quarterbacks. He's ranked like twentieth or twenty third in a you know in a week in which there are six teams on by. It's that bad for Dalton. It's it's that good for uh, Joe Mixon this week though. Probably yeah. I'm gonna give him an A. Uh, the Jacksonville ranks dead last in rushing yards allowed, one hundred and sixty nine per game. Uh, it's no surprise they are also dead last in uh, DVO DVOA against the run by Football Outsiders. Uh, running backs have also exposed Jacksonville through the air in recent weeks. Marlon Mack caught four passes for 40 yards. Le'Veon Bell caught 10 passes. Lil Powell and Elijah McGuire combined for six catches, 65 yards. Your boy Buck Allen caught five passes, Charts. Oh, so, that's uh, my guy. So, yeah, there's hope, hope for mixing through the air here. Uh, Gio Bernard might snipe some of that pass work, but he's still on the bench for me. Uh, as is uh, Jeremy Hill. Uh, you can find him on the bench like you find Forrest Gump on the bench at the bus stop most weeks. Uh, over to Jacksonville, Leonard Fournette practicing in full. That means he's back to an automatic A grade. Yep. You start him against 11 werewolves on steroids. I don't <laughs> care. Uh, Cincinnati has allowed the fourth most red zone touches to running backs, and Fournette is a ruler of those rushing opportunities when healthy, as he is right now. So Shouldn't like, it have been 11 werewolves at midnight? Probably, but uh, I just scribbled that down real quick. So okay, I mean, yeah, I'm just fun. trying to help you out here. But how can they can be on steroids at midnight during the full moon okay. phase? Let's, I mean, let's, if you really want to play this thing out, let's bake that in right, to how you. much of an auto start Leonard Fournette is. Yes, werewolves at midnight on roids. Gotcha. Yes. Now over during to the receivers. Full moon cycle. <laughs> uh, Alan Hearns, Marquise Lee, and D.D. Westbrook all on the bench. Um, Hearns is going to play. Uh, Marquise mm-hmm. Lee might, might not. D.D. Westbrook might, might not. Um, all I know is when you see T.Y. Hilton go for two catches and 15 yards against the Bengals, you're not going to start any of these three. Uh, just a fun fact, Geronimo Allison, of all people, the only wide receiver to top 75 yards against the Bengals this year. That's oh, it. Who would have thunk it? And then water is wet, the sky is blue, and Blake Bortles is on the bench. Yes. The end. Ravens take on the Titans, and a... Handful of C grades here for the Bengals. Do not chase last week's forty-point uh, explosion. In part because two of the two of the touchdowns came from the defense, <laughs> and Joe Flacco looks like he's going to start. But he's been fantasy football's worst starting quarterback by a mile. And when he's on the bench, Jeremy Macklin from the passing game gets a C grade. But as much as anything else, it's just because everybody else is hurt. And there's nobody else to throw to. He does have a, uh, he's got a tougher matchup out of the slot against Tennessee slot cornerback Logan Ryan, but because of all the injuries, they've actually split him out wide a little bit. And if Mike Wallace doesn't go, which could happen, then he gets a much more favorable matchup on the outside against Adoree Jackson and LaShawn Sims, both below average cornerbacks. So a, a, a C grade, barely for Jeremy Macklin, C grades for the running game. I know you want to chase Alex Collins' big explosion from last week, but. 
This team's been oddly reticent to give him the ball, despite his league-leading average of six yards per carry. Fortunately, Collins dominated last week, and you got to figure he's gonna should get a few more looks this week. It, but the matchup's brutal. Tennessee's allowing the seventh fewest rushing yards, the fourth fewest yards per carry, just three point six. No runner against Tennessee has top seventy-seven yards, and no runner has scored a touchdown since Week Four against Tennessee. Brutal matchup for Alex Collins, but you still start him with a C grade. Bunk Allen is a PPR option only. He's managed at least four receptions in five games this year. He faces a Titans defense that has allowed the sixth most receiving yards to backs. And in their last game, Tennessee, before uh, last week's bye, Cleveland runners totaled 92 receiving yards total. So there's an angle for Bunk Allen right Mm -hmm. there. Let's go to the Tennessee side. It's only a handful of C grades, and that's it. C grades for the two runners, DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry. Unfortunately, the Ravens' uh, defensive tackle, Brandon Williams, is back, and that means they've stopped serving up free 100-yard games to opposing runners. Uh, (laughs) Tennessee's offensive line is massively underachieving this year. They have, on paper, like one of the three best offensive lines in football, but they just aren't, they are not great this year. And Murray and Henry are locked into fantasy football's most frustrating timeshare. Normally, Murray gets a slight edge over Henry because of his PPR potential, but the Ravens are elite against running backs through the air. They're giving up the fourth fewest receptions to runners. No running back has scored through the air against the Ravens this year. So just C grades here for Murray and Henry. Let's go to the passing game. C grades abound here as well. Well, actually, just for, Mar- just for Marcus Mariota, C grade. Last time we saw Mariota, he was going belly up against the Browns. And now he faces a much tougher opponent, the Ravens. The number three pass defense in yards allowed. The number four pass defense in touchdowns allowed. They've also allowed just three passing scores total in the last five games. So brutal matchup for Mariota here. It really only giving him a C grade because six teams are on by. And I know you're in a pinch and you just lost to Sean Watson. And it's the only reason he gets a C. All his receivers are on the bench. Matthews, Davis, Decker, his wide receivers... The Ravens have yet to allow a wide receiver to top 95 yards all season. They rank fourth in yards to wide receivers allowed, second in touchdowns allowed to wide receivers. I can't recommend any of them here. They haven't allowed a wide receiver touchdown in three straight games. Decker, Davis, Matthews, all on the bench. What about Delaney Walker, you may ask? Well, he hasn't scored all season, and he's a game-time decision with a foot injury. So, and... The Ravens have allowed a league-high six tight end touchdowns, but three of those six were that crazy London game where they gave up three of them to Mercedes Lewis inexplicably in one game. So I don't know if they're really that bad. Now, if Walker doesn't go, then you could pivot to his backup. I think I'm going to say this right. Janu Smith. You got it. I think it's Janu. Is it? Uh, I was, I'm a Jonu guy, but I guess I'll, I'll, I'll fix that. Janu. We'll go with Janu, Janu. Smith. Okay. Now, here's your weird factoid of the day. Janu Smith currently leads all Tennessee receivers in touchdowns right now, and he hasn't scored in four games. <laughs> he leads with two. So you could pivot there if you're looking for a cheap fanball DFS angle or you're just in a desperate spot for it at the tight end position. We'll take a break. When we come back, take a chance on me. Nine players not normally in your starting lineup. We'll tell you who they are when we come back.
It was just a matter of time. Sooner or later, a listener would send in their own version of Take a Chance on Me. And that has happened. Oh, boy. Is this like on the keytar? No, I, this is some synthesizer bit. Casio it's got a very keyboard. 80s... To me, this has got an 80s John Carpenter feel to it. I can see that. Do you remember The Escape from New York, uh, yeah. The Thing, Halloween, all those epic John Carpenter movies from the 80s, which he did his own soundtracks, by the way. You don't see directors do their own soundtracks anymore, and probably rightfully so. <laughs> take a chance on me. Not, thank you, listener Mike, by the way. Um, take a chance on me. Nine players, not normally in the starting lineup. Let's go to the quarterback position. Many of these available on the waiver wire, and God, you need it this week. We begin right here. Scott Fish, quarterback. I'm going to go with Tom Savage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's he, he's just got a great matchup this week. The Colts have allowed either 300 yards passing or multiple touchdowns to every quarterback they've faced. It's in, in Tom Savage's three career games, he's played the Jags twice, end of last season when they were very good, and to start this season, and Cincinnati at the end of last year. Cincinnati held six quarterbacks under 200 yards. I'm not 100% positive yet that Savage is just terrible. He's got a couple great weapons. Uh, it's, it's just such a good matchup here. Okay. Scott Fish! I won't let you down. Uh, humble <laughs> Rusty. I'll get it better next week. All right. Well, I have, unfortunately, Brock Osweiler, who now plays for the Broncos, <laughs> which comes courtesy of the Browns. What a week. Or the Texans. Satan himself. I don't know who is paying his salary at this point, but it's <laughs> yeah. not Denver. Uh, but get this. Here's a stat for you. The last time Brock Osweiler put on a Broncos jersey, mm-hmm. they won the Super Bowl. Ooh. That's, you didn't play in that Facts. game, but don't let that stop you. Facts. Facts. All right. In, in all uh, somewhat seriousness, uh, in non-Nor'easter uh, conditions when playing San Francisco, opposing quarterbacks... <laughs> when the temperature dips yeah. below. Uh, opposing quarterbacks have actually done pretty well against Philly. Uh, chasing uh. points in Philadelphia. Kirk Cousins had 303 yards and three touchdowns. Carson Palmer, 291-1. and one. Eli Manning had 366 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, Osweiler is a little mobile, too. Don't forget, uh, when he's not running out of town, uh, you know, dodging bricks, being thrown at him or whatever. Uh, Cam Newton ran for 11 11 times for 71 yards and a touchdown against the Eagles in Week 6. Philly also owns the highest opponent passing play percentage, a whopping 70% of the time opponents pass against them. So, Brock Osweiler, (laughs) yeah, might help you out this week. All right, Jacoby Brissett going up against uh, Houston. I'll, I'll take the Brissett side of the of the of this matchup as opposed to Scott Fitch. A quarterback battle at the quarterback battle. Only New England has allowed more fantasy points to opposing passers than the Texans, who have yielded two or more touchdowns to quarterbacks in four of their last seven games. While uh, Brissett is somewhat limited as a passer, which I think we can all agree, he is tied for the league lead with three rushing scores. Mm-hmm. He is a threat to hurt a Houston defense that surrenders over 21 rushing yards per game to quarterbacks. Let's let's play for the rushing angle, if nothing else, with Brissett. Let's go to the running back position. Scott? All right. I'm going with the Orleans Darkwa. Every running back that's had at least 12 touches against the Rams has had at least 90 yards and a score. Darkwa's probably going to get that. He had 22 against Denver. He's led the team in attempts three straight weeks. All right. I'm staying with the Broncos and going Devontae Booker uh, at the Eagles. Um, here's a stat. Over Denver's last three games, C.J. Anderson has one rush uh, from the red zone, inside the red zone. 
Devontae Booker had three runs inside the 10-yard line last week. Yeah, and then scored on one of them. Scored on one of them. And uh, during that same three-game span, Booker has catch totals of four, three, and three. The Eagles have allowed over eight receptions per game to running backs over their last three games. So uh, Booker's going to get a decent amount of work here. It could help you out. I I, I like Booker. Love he, he was, uh, yeah, he was he flashed in the preseason. Looking better than C.J. I thought he has looked better than C.J. That's a savvy pickup. Andre Ellington dropped in most leagues because he's been hurt for the better part of a month. But remember, before his injury, he was averaging nine targets per game, and Adrian Peterson's not gonna is not gonna take receptions away from him. He goes up against San Francisco, and get this: the 49ers dead last in receptions allowed to running backs, receiving yards allowed to running backs, receiving touchdowns to running backs. I want the running back who's averaging nine targets a game, Andre Ellington. This week, let's go to the receiver position. Scott. I'm going with more of a dart throw here with Brandon Coleman. He played 79% of the snaps last mm-hmm. week. Sneed did not get a target. He's a six foot six big play threat that Breeze has been raving about. Yep. I, there's a chance for a big play. All right. I'm going on Oakland tight end Jared Cook at Miami. Uh, opposing tight ends are averaging more than eight and a half targets, six catches, and 50 yards per game against the Dolphins who have Snowflake spinning in his tuna can grave right now, how bad they are playing. Uh, Jared Cook has has also seen at least five targets in every game but one this year, and he's top six among tight ends in red zone targets. The Dolphins have allowed a tight end touchdown in three of their last four games, and in the one game they didn't, Austin Hooper had seven catches. So I like Cook this Can we refer to the Dolphins' home stadium as the tuna can? Sure. I like that. I think that's pretty brilliant. Done and done. Uh, My receiver, take a chance to me, player, is Tyler Higby. If you don't even know who he is, I don't blame you. Um, he is your Rams starting tight end, and he goes up against the Giants. Brian, how are the Giants against tight ends? Uh, awful. Awful. That's, they, and that's being generous. They are dead last against the tight ends in yardage allowed. They have allowed a tight end touchdown in eight consecutive weeks. How do you do that? How do you give up a tight end touchdown in every game of the year, which they have done? Higby, totally inconsistent. Wildly, some good games, some terrible ones, and absolutely invisible. But if there's ever a time to start him, it is right now. When we come back, we'll dive back into the matchups, including Rams versus Giants. We'll tell you if you can uh, get back on board with Jared Goff in this passing game when we come back. You're listening to Fantasy Football Weekly on The Fan. Welcome back to the show, Fantasy Football Weekly on the Fan. It's our special Chick Chat Ladies Edition. We do this every year in honor of our dear hunting widows. Ladies, we encourage you to call. We're going to try to take calls in this segment for you. 651-989-5326. Rams take on the Giants. Scott, I am back on board the Rams passing game. What do you think? So am I. He, Jared Goff had a tough game against the Jags and the mm-hmm. Seahawks and whatnot, but the Giants are the worst pass defense in the NFL since week four, averaging allowing nearly 330 yards and two and a half touchdowns per game to quarterbacks. Yeah. Oh, and guess what? Janoris Jenkins is now suspended. Mm. So that's going to help out the wide receivers, especially Watkins quite a bit. For the wide receiver, I give Goff an A. Yep. I'm giving all the wide receivers B's though. They, I, I think all of them. All I of, love the Watkins angle. I, I, I like, I like a lot of the wide receivers, but they spread the ball around so much. Watkins without Janoris Jenkins, Jenkins on him, right? But he's still just seeing four targets per game on the season. I think they're going to course uh, correct. It's in part because right. he's seen all these number one cornerbacks. That's true, but there's no Jenkins. 
So, you know, typically the path of least resistance is with the other guys. All right, continue. All right. Uh, For Woods, he's the target leader. He's got five catches and at least 55 yards in four Mm -hmm. of his last five games. I'm giving him a B. Maybe these are all really high Bs. And Cooper Cup is... No B pluses. I know. Cooper Cup is the guy I I probably like the most. I know you like Watkins. Mm. Cup is tied for third in the NFL in red zone targets with 11. And, And Doug Baldwin just a couple weeks ago from the slot torched the Giants. Right. So uh, Higby was your take on and Gurley. He has over 120 total yards in four of his last five games. And every running back that's got at least 20 touches against the Giants, 130 plus total yards. Wow. Yeah. Todd Gurley averaging nearly 25 a game, a grade there on the Giants side. I'm benching Manning. I'm sorry, man. You you go under 150 passing yards, two straight games and you play a top 10 pass defense. Right. I'm benching you. Uh, Shepard, I'm giving him a C grade because every wide receiver that's had at least eight targets against the Rams has at least 80 yards. I think he could sleepwalk. He, he can get to eight targets. Sleepwalk into 80, eight targets, yeah. yeah. Uh, Evan Ingram, he has at least four catches and at least 40 yards in seven of his eight games, and he's been their primary weapon, 10-plus targets each of the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. It's a good defense against tight ends, but he's getting so much volume, I give him a C. And Darko was my take-home. All right. Let's go to the Bucks and the Saints. The... Normally, playing against the Saints, it was just start everybody in the passing game. But the Saints' secondary has suddenly gotten to be legit, and now Jameis Winston's not a sure start here. What do you think? Yeah, you can suddenly get legit when you're facing Mitch Trubisky and Brett Hundley over the last that two helps. weeks. That, well, that but, does uh, help, yes. So let's start with Mike Evans. I'm giving him the easy A still. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore has been a standout uh, rookie at corner. He has. But uh, at 6 feet, 192, he's about the size of one of Mike Evans' teddy bears, I think. So I still like Evans in this matchup. Mm-hmm. I do like Deshaun Jackson as well. He'll see Ken Crawley, who's uh, also played very well at corner this year. But uh, Jackson has been more involved lately with eight or more targets in three of his last four games. And here's his career averages indoors as they will be this week uh, at the, the Superdome. Whatever this is called. Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson. Right. Five catches, 96 yards, 0.7 touchdowns per game indoors, whereas outdoors he has four catches, 66 yards, and 0.3 touchdowns That's per this game. year? This is career? career. This is career. career rise. Yeah. Okay. So he's, Dude, he's never played inside. Not a lot. Not as much as outdoors, obviously, yeah. but a, a decent enough sample size. You All like right. Jackson on the fast track. Let's just leave it at that. And okay. uh, wide, receiver, wide receiver duos have burned the Saints, Diggs, Thielen, Golden Tate, Marvin Jones both had big games, so uh, I like Jackson and Evans. Cameron Braid, I don't like him as much. Going to give him a C. New Orleans is allowing the third fewest yards to tight ends this year, but tight end is just too thin to bench the guy who was fourth in yards at the position, so you can start Braid, but not O.J. Howard. He is on the bench. Uh, Jameis Winston going to give him a B. Uh, Cam Newton, Jay Cutler, Brett Hundley, Mitch Trubisky all failed to throw a touchdown against New Orleans. But Sam Bradford, Tom Brady, and Matt Stafford each threw for three touchdowns against the Saints. Hmm. Winston fits better with the latter there, so uh, I like him this week. Only if his shoulder holds up, so we'll cross our fingers there. And Doug Martin also gets a B. Uh, the Saints are ranked 29th against the run by football outsiders and have allowed 100 yards and a touchdown to a running back in back-to-back weeks. They've also allowed the fifth-most receptions to running backs where uh, Martin can catch the ball when needed. Uh, going over to the Saints, uh, Drew Brees gets an A. He's Obvious at home. A. Let's just yep. move on. Michael Thomas gets an A as well. Uh, Thomas yep. caught six balls for 98 yards in his lone meeting with Tampa Bay last year. 
Uh, he has at least seven catches in four of his last five games, and Tampa Bay is ranked 27th against number one wide receivers by Football Outsiders. Ted Ginn, not an A, uh, almost an A, but yeah. I'm going to give him a B. I would too. Uh, he should be the primary beneficiary of Brent Grimes' absence. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll miss this game. Uh, and he'll see a lot of Ryan Smith, who will be making only his second start at cornerback. Uh, over his last three games, Ginn has five catches of 20-plus yards, and three of those have gone for over 40. The Bucks are allowing more than 195 yards per game to wide receivers, so Ginn should continue to shine here, uh, as should Brandon Coleman. Scott's take a chance on me, wide receiver. Uh, Willie Sneed only saw four snaps last week, probably won't be ramped up fully, so I do like Coleman more than Sneed here. Uh, Kobe Fleener is on the bench just because he he sucks, sucks, sucks so badly. <laughs> yep. I'm sorry for that uh, call a few weeks ago. Everyone. Josh Hill out-snapping him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, how about up. that? And then uh, Mark Ingram, I'm going to give him an A, and Alvin Kamara almost an A, but he's going to get a B. Uh, Ingram averaging 27 touches per game, and the Bucks are allowing 134 combo yards per game to opposing backs. Ingram also scored twice in his last meeting against Tampa Bay, and Alvin Kamara should eat through the air. Uh, Tampa Bay is allowing seven catches and 54 yards per game to opposing running backs. Yeah, uh, we said it last week, and uh, it's starting to materialize. They can't keep using Ingram as a workhorse guy, getting 27 right. touches a game. Kamara's going to start picking up more touches. Uh, the regression is coming. Uh, Washington takes on Seattle in Seattle. Tough matchup for the Redskins. I've got a handful of C grades, and that's it. Chris Thompson gets a C grade, as good as he has been, by the way, averaging 100 total yards per game since week two. He's still kind of a matchup play. you got to find teams that struggle to stop running backs out of the backfield, and Seattle's not that team. They have a top-five ranking against running backs in catches allowed to running backs, targets allowed to running backs, receiving yards to running backs, and receiving touchdowns allowed to running backs. So I don't much love Thompson here, and he's just a C grade. I'm keeping Rob Kelly on the bench while we stay with the running backs. Still playing hurt, and he actually he could he's a sneaky game time decision. There's a scenario where Kelly doesn't play in this game. Uh he's had double he hasn't had even double digit touches since week two, just not getting enough work here. You could try to gamble on the touchdown, but Seahawks are still a, a decent enough run defense that I don't think you want to start Rob Kelly. Let's go to the passing game. Kirk Cousins, and by the way, this is this hurts all of them. Offensive line, devastated by injury. They're missing two starters for sure and probably three starters across the offensive line for the Redskins. Jamison Crowder and Jordan. Jamison Crowder probably will not go. Jordan Reed's already been ruled out. So Cousins is really, really short-suited in this one. Only a C grade here, and even that is a tentative C grade. Seattle secondary did just get crushed by Deshaun Watson last week, but note before that game... They were averaging 202 passing yards allowed and 0.8 passing touchdowns allowed. Kirk Cousins, not Deshaun Watson. This is a very tough matchup. You could try to start Vernon Davis. He'll start in place of Jordan Reed, but I'm worried he's going to have to block because they don't have any linemen left. That's a concern. Seattle middle of the road tight end defense. And so I, I, I'd show caution. I have a tentative C grade on Vernon Davis. That's it. Josh Doxson is on the bench. He's only averaging one and a half catches per game. Let's go to the Seattle side. Russell Wilson, uh, I, I mostly an obvious A here, but I'll note that the Redskins have allowed just 211 passing yards and less than one passing touchdown per game to every quarterback other than Carson Wentz this year. And Russell Wilson just eviscerated a really good Houston secondary, so maybe it doesn't matter, but Wilson's accounted for 333 total yards or more and three total touchdowns in four of the past five games. He's red hot. Seems good. Totally wrong about my earlier predictions of doom for uh, for Russell Wilson. He's uh, he's great. Keep him in your lineup. Jimmy Graham, also an obvious A. 
to the point that I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, especially because the Redskins have all of the most yards to tight ends, 81 yards per game. So he is a great, great start this week. A grade for Jimmy Graham. B grade for Doug Baldwin. He has a tough matchup against emerging slot corner Kendall Fuller, who's currently ranked 14th by Pro Football Focus. Although I'll note this, in the last three weeks, two slot corners have found the end zone against Washington, Aldrick Robinson and Nelson Aguilar. So there is an angle here. Skins have not allowed a receiver to top 66 yards since the opener. And, and so that does worry me for Doug Baldwin, who gets a B grade. It also worries me for Paul Richardson, who has a C grade. I know he blew up last week, but before you get too confident about him, remember, he only caught two or three passes in the previous five games. So only two or three in the previous five. So let's not go crazy chasing last week's box score for Paul Richardson. Then Tyler Lockett's on the bench for many of the same reasons. No receivers top 66 yards against the Skins uh, since the opening game. And he is getting Lockett's getting more looks of late, but he's still the fourth option in this passing game. So I think you got to be cautious about him. And I'm putting all the runners on the bench. This is the worst rushing attack in the NFL. Chris Carson is still your leading rusher <laughs> for the Seattle Seahawks. It's terrible. And he hasn't played since October 1st. Rawls and Lacey both under 2.6 yards per carry. Let's go to our next matchup. And that is the Arizona Cardinals at the San Francisco 49ers. We've already found some take a chance on me guys that we like here in this game, but... What do you think about the Arizona offense now without Carson Palmer? Oh, I'm scared, even though it's got a gray matchup. I think mm-hmm. I still have to bench Stanton. I don't even know. If I do too. I don't know if he's going to play the whole game. I mean, Gabbert might come in for a revenge game. Yep. <laughs> but uh, he's a sub 50% passer over the last three years in relief. No, no thanks. Despite the gray matchup, same with most of the passing game. Four hours of top three against tight ends. I'm benching Gresham. Brown, I can't trust. Fitzgerald, I'm going to give him a. C and just barely. Yeah. I, he's only got one game over 50 yards with Stanton. And last week in three quarters of work, Stanton only targeted him twice. That's scary as heck, but the matchup is so good. It's got to be some volume somewhere. I'm giving Fitzgerald a, a hesitant C. Running game. Ellington was your take, Tom. Yep. Love him this week. And super sneaky. He's been dropped in yep, tons of leagues. I love him too. I, I like that call. And, and Peterson, they want to feed him this week. The 49ers defense has allowed a league high, tied for the league high, 10 touchdowns to running backs, 113 rushing yards per game. Mm-hmm. I'm giving Peterson a B grade. It yeah. wouldn't shock me if he has an A grade. I would give him an A if it wasn't for last week, and I got scared. So, right. On the other side, 49ers. Uh, passing game, I'm giving Bether to C, and it's mostly because he can get some work done on the ground. Right, 30 and, and 40 yards in his two starts And so a far. touchdown. Yeah. And the Cardinals have let up a couple touchdowns to rushing yep. quarterbacks. Uh, the matchup is not is pretty good. You know, bottom five against quarterbacks. Beathard's not throwing for a lot of passing yards, but mm-hmm. he can make it up there. Real quick, do you buy that Shanahan said that Garoppolo will not play this year? I don't buy it. There's no way, right? I, I just don't buy it. I don't believe you, Kyle. Sorry. I don't sorry, buy it. Sorry to interrupt, Scott. <laughs> all right. Uh, for the wide receivers, I'm benching them all. I, I just can't decide what's going to happen with them, where Peterson is going to play, if he's going to cover both Robinson and Goodwin at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, the slot is only giving up 45 yards per game. That makes Taylor tough. Kittle, he, he's disappeared over the last couple weeks. I thought the Iowa thing was going to be a thing, but it's not. Well, three catches in the last two weeks. But so. a great matchup. Or a good matchup. Yeah. That's it. Still under 50 yards per game to tight ends. Right. But yeah, they, they have allowed a few touchdowns. Carlos Hyde, A grade this week. Uh, in his last meeting with the Cardinals, he had 95 total yards and five catches. 
At the time of that game, the Cardinals were allowing 85 yards per game to running backs. Mm-hmm. Since that game, we're talking after that game, they're now allowing over 120 yards per game to running backs wow. and have fallen to become a bottom 10 run defense. A right. for Carlos Hyde. I like it. Let's uh, let's work in a few calls. Again, it's deer hunting opener, and that means we celebrate deer hunting widows. Ladies, we encourage you to call in. You have first priority on the phones all day, 651-989-5326. And guys... It's not that we don't love you, dear hunters. I know a lot of you are streaming the show right now, maybe on iHeartRadio, KFAN.com. Um, if send me photos from your deer stand right now at Paul Charging on Twitter. I I've seen some. They're that. good. I, I like they them. are good. Uh, Jancy, is it Jancy? This is Jancy. Hi, Jan. It's part Jan and part Nancy. I like it all in one. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> what can we do for you? Um, I have uh, basically two questions. Um, I need two of um, these people in the standard league, um, Will Fuller, Robert Woods, Mohamed Sanu, or one of, of your take chances. What, 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 what is your call? Uh, I'd probably lean with Fuller and Woods this mm-hmm. week. I, I love Woods' matchup, and I think I love both Woods and Fuller's matchups, actually. Yeah, okay. That's what we would do. Anything else we can help you with? Yes, 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 yes. Um, uh, what is your two cents on Miami's backfield? Avoid. Um, I, yep, is our avoid. two cents on that backfield? I don't like any of it. Yep. If you had to pick well, one, it's Kenyon Drake right now, though. If you really wanted to pick one up, better receiver. Yeah. yeah. But let me write this one down. Drake. Yeah, but don't don't get too excited about it when you have. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Okie dokie. All right. Thank you, Jancy. I I wrote it down. Appreciate you listening. Thank you. You Thank you for listening. Let's go to Catherine. Hello, Catherine. Thank you for your patience this morning. Hi. Hi. Um, Thanks for taking my call. I have uh, an issue with quarterbacks. Um, I have Brissett and Flacco going, and I'm just wondering if there was somebody else uh, or two others that you would choose over those two quarterbacks that I have right now. I would choose the rest of the league over, over Flacco. Flacco. Yeah, yeah, literally uh, so yeah, every take... other available starting quarterback to me is better than. I don't Flacco. think he's rosterable. Anyone else besides Flacco? Anybody but Flacco. Brissett was my take a chance on me quarterback, so I like him. Do you have anybody else? No, Tom Savage was mine. Yeah, but... I, would, I would, yeah, I would say any of our takecoms over Flacco, but I would agree that Brissett is probably has the uh, the best chances this week of yep. those three guys. Yep. Okay, Brissett, Savage, and Osweiler. I got from you. Um, Ugh, you yeah. said Brissett's the best of those. Three. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I think we all agree. Okay. On that. Yeah. Um, and then also I have uh, Mike Wallace. Uh, and Willie Sneed, do you think any of those? I would drop. Of, I would drop them both from your roster, Catherine. Drop them both. Yeah, okay. I, you can you can find better help on the waiver wire, including our take a chance on me guys that we that we discussed. Although two of them were tight ends, but I think you can find <laughs> you can your waiver wire has probably got better guys on it. Okay. Thank you, Catherine. That's all I had. Appreciate it. Thank you. We're gonna try to sneak in a quick one here with Erica. Hello. Um, I was wondering, somebody is offering me a trade for either of my tight ends. I have both Kelsey and Gronk. Who ooh, would you trade? Ooh. Wow. Whatever you want. Yeah, and <laughs> you can you can get a lot for them. Do you need to win this week, Erica, or is your team in good shape? 
My team is in good shape, and it actually wouldn't even take place until next week. All right, oh. so this would be after the Patriots' bye week, which was part of why I was asking. What do you think, Scott? Do you have a preference between the two? I'd probably keep Kelsey. I, I just think he's safer. Well, you he, can get more for Gronk, Exactly. Right? You can get more for Gronk. Kelsey has 900-yard games in the last year and a half. I, it's I, the most I, of I, any player. So yeah. More yeah. than Antonio Brown. Including wide receivers. Yep, it's crazy. I, I think Kelsey's safer injury-wise, too, and you get more for Gronk. It's, yep. 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 Thank you so Thanks, much. Erica. Appreciate the, your patience on hold. When we come back, five hot questions. Play along. See if you can go 5-0 and oh against our panel of experts when we return to Fantasy Football Weekly on The Fan. You're listening to Fantasy Football Weekly on The Fan. <laughs> Football Weekly on the Fan. Paul Charchi and Scott Fish and Brian Johnson with you. It is time for a bit we call five tough questions, which we typically like to begin with. Devani's hot question number one. It's hot questions, not tough questions. I'm giving myself the entire year to get that straight because it's been <laughs> we've been saying it for 20 years. From this point forward, will new Eagles running back Jay Ajay finish as a RB1? RB2, flex, or bench player? Scott. I'm going with RB2. I think he is was brought in to be the lead dog, kind of like the Marshawn Lynch to Seahawks deal. Uh, and Blunt has been terrible in short yardage, and especially around the goal line. He's only scored on one of his eight attempts inside the five and one of his 12 attempts inside the 10. That's where most of the scoring goes down. Not to mention, in Miami, he was only averaging Miami... Uh, Allow averages 1.2 yards before first contact. Philadelphia is closer to 2.2, which is the league average. So he's going to get a lot more room to run, and his schedule is kind of, you know, middle of the pack. So RB2. Okay. Yeah, let's pile on Blunt a little more here. Uh, He's just a bad fit in Philly. Uh, The Eagles run 70% of their plays in shotgun formation. Uh, That's just not Blunt's MO, meaning normally you got to run outside the tackles in that scenario. Then, yeah, Blunt just does not excel there. Ajayi can. And uh, here's a good stat I got from Graham Barfield on Twitter. Uh, Since the start of last season, there are just three instances of an Eagles running back playing 60% of, of the snaps in a single game. And all were Darren Sproles. And Jay Ajayi <laughs> is far more, more Sprolesian than Garrett Blunt is, so I like him seeing the majority of the touches moving forward. And he does have a pretty good schedule. Uh, they did lose left tackle Jason Peters. The Eagles did. That's a huge loss. But the, the schedule is de- decent after their bye. Dallas, Chicago, Seattle, the Rams, Giants, and Oakland. Some of those teams sound scary on paper, but they're really not. <clears throat> so what is your answer here? RB2. Jeez. All right, RB2. Correct answer is flex. Here's why. <sighs> One, Blunt's not terrible. He's averaging 4.7 yards per carry. You know, we're, that is way above average starting running back yards per carry. And Ajayi joins the team with the sixth most carries in the NFL. The, the Eagles are going to want to unleash a fresh Ajayi in the playoffs. And more importantly, Blunt is, an, is a UFA at the end of this year. They're going to run Blunt into the ground the way Dallas did with DeMarco Murray because they don't care about what happens to Blunt after this season. They need Ajayi fresh, healthy, ready to go at the beginning of 2018 and in the playoffs. The best-case scenario for Jay Ajayi is a split-load backfield, and you can't; those guys aren't RB1s or RB2s. 
Devani's hot question number two. From this point forward, will new Bills receiver Kelvin Benjamin finish as a wide receiver one, a wide receiver two, flex, or bench? Uh, Brian's turn to go first. Brian. So Buffalo doesn't throw a lot. Uh, that's why they, they don't have anyone to throw to except Shady McCoy and Charles Clay when he's healthy. But uh, but still, despite not throwing a lot, Tyrod Taylor has the third most passing touchdowns from inside the 10-yard line, and he's also top five in attempts and completion percentage from inside the five. Mm-hmm. Um, he's never had a red zone target quite like Kelvin Benjamin, uh, and he does now. So uh, he's going to utilize him a lot when they're in the red zone. And I just don't tr- trust Charles Clay to be healthy. All those passes were going to him, but I think Blunt's going to eat into that big time. So he is a wide receiver, too. Wide receiver two, all right? I'm right there with you. Wide receiver two. Pretty much everything he said that about Tyrod not having a weapon. He had clay, but now Benjamin can fill that role. Uh, and their schedule, they played the Chiefs, the Pats, the Colts, and the Pats uh, over the course of the end of the season, all bottom five against the pass. Uh, I think there's some good games there at the end of the season. Uh, the correct answer is flex. Benjamin goes from Cam Newton to Tyrod Taylor. Newton, for all his inconsistency, is a better passer than Taylor is. Benjamin doesn't have the speed to separate from defenders, and Taylor's not a precision passer. And the biggest problem, though, is Benjamin, who's built for end zone goal line receptions, and the Bills love to run the ball at the stripe, and they do it super effectively. So there's not a mandate to use Benjamin's size in the end zone. Devani's hot question number three. Is Devin Funches helped, hurt, or neither by the trade of Kelvin Benjamin, Scott. Uh, I'm going with neither. Uh, he was already the leading target getter before when Olsen went out and with Benjamin there. Now that Benjamin's gone, maybe he gets a few more targets, but he's going to be drawing top coverage and Olsen will be coming back. I, I think that there's enough hits there to go against the uh, the extra potential targets that I'm going neither. Neither. Okay. Let me reiterate that Tyrod Taylor has the third most passing touchdowns from inside the... I'm just kidding. They throw inside the five charge. Buffalo. They run inside the five. Bunches, uh, Bunches. Funches uh, is going to get hurt. He has played in 22 games with Kelvin Benjamin and 16 games without him. You think he does better in the 16 games without him? He hasn't. He averaged less targets, receptions, yards, and touchdowns without Kelvin Benjamin. So this is going to hurt him moving forward, I say. Neither. Funches turns into the go-to wide receiver for the Panthers, and that's as much of a curse as it is a blessing. He's been struggling against second-tier coverage. Mm-hmm. Now, what happens when he faces the best coverage an opponent can give every down? And to make matters worse, there aren't any other receivers worth double-covering. I mean, if right. a team's going to give double-coverage to anybody, it's all going to go to Funches. So we've never seen an opportunity for him to really step up and and take the mantle when given the opportunity. When Benjamin missed a bunch of time a couple of years ago, Funches didn't do anything with that opportunity. I'm not certain he does here either. Devani's hot question number four. Is Ty Montgomery droppable, Brian? In non-PPR, absolutely. Uh, not that he'll ever see double-digit double-digit carries again anytime soon, but in the four games he did this year, he failed to average more than three and a half yards per carry. He's just not a running back, uh, a running back, and that is a fact. Uh, now in PPR land, uh, I'm still dropping him, too. He uh, only has two catches over his last two games. Uh, that's with Brett Hundley at quarterback, so there's not a lot of chemistry there. And don't forget, when he was really catching a lot of passes last year, that's when Randall Cobb was injured. That's not the case right now, so I'm dropping Ty Montgomery in all formats. Okay. Yeah, pretty much everything he said. I like to say a rising tide lifts all boats, and well, this is a low tide for the Packers right now. The whole offense should be downgraded, and he's only played twenty-two percent of the snaps since Aaron Jones has taken over the the control. 
<laughs> I'm dropping Ty Montgomery everywhere. Yeah, you guys have hit on all the key salient points here, and I've got a few extra stats I can throw in. Since week two, his average game, 31 total yards and no touchdowns. If he if it weren't for the fact that you invested a third-round pick in your draft or something in him, you'd have dropped him a long time ago based just on the stats. It's not even clear, and this is also important, that Montgomery's even the handcuff to own. If something were to happen to Aaron Jones, I'm not sure Jamal Williams doesn't turn into the starter. Even in PPR, one catch each of the last two weeks. Yeah, disastrous. Yeah. Devani's hot question number five. Are you holding DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller, or are you trading them away? Scott. I'm holding them. I'm, I'm holding them at this point, and mostly because of matchups. They have the Colts and the Cards and the Titans and the 49ers early on, and then I'm going to try to trade him before he has to face the Jags and the Steelers in the playoffs. I don't know at what point I'm going to trade them, but for right now, hold, and then I'm going to trade in, in a few weeks. I'm kind of with you, but if I can execute a trade today, I'm going to do it, and then I'm going to use the, the indie matchup as the selling point. But, yeah, uh, like you said, uh, that would be great. Jacksonville and Pittsburgh in the fantasy playoffs. Uh, as for Hopkins, he has Pat Pete uh, of the Cardinals coming up on his schedule as well. And, uh, you know, Will Fuller is not going to catch a touchdown on every other reception like he did with Deshaun but Watson. He's not? With Tom Savage. So you still, <laughs> I would sell high on Fuller, even if Watson yeah, was Wait healthy, a week or two. But uh, sell him. I, I would try and sell him today. All right. Today. So you're so you're you're going with yes on yes, sell today. Yes. Yeah, I'm going yes as well. Yeah. Uh, Tom, Tom Savage has thrown 105 passes in the NFL, which is a pretty big sample size. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the equivalent of, you know, three games worth. No touchdowns. None. That's terrible. Zero. And. You know, last year with Brick Osweiler destroying his season, Bill O'Brien refused to use Tom Savage until the bitter end of the season, weeks 16 and 17. And and Bill O'Brien, why was he so reticent to insert Savage when when Osweiler was so bad and was killing their season? It's because Bill O'Brien sees every single throw that Tom Savage has in practice and still didn't trust him. I think Tom Savage is just weird with quarterbacks. He watched Deshaun Watson all preseason and said, oh, I'm just going to go with Savage to start the season. Too. Yeah, you're talking about Bill O'Brien. Yeah, Bill yeah. O'Brien. Yeah. Yeah, what I, is with that? I, I that was in, in a, a very confusing decision, obviously. Um, you know, we're only eight games are removed from seeing how little value, fantasy value, Deshaun, uh, Deshaun uh, sorry, DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller would have under with bad quarterbacking. Yeah. We're only eight games away from that. And it was bad last year. Will yep. Fuller was not even rosterable. DeAndre Hopkins was came finished last year at like wide receiver forty. So I I think you got to trade away right now. Strike while the iron is hot and to Brian's point, strike while you've got Indy on the schedule yep. this week. You got twenty four hours to pull off that trade. Let's work in a matchup. Broncos taking on the Eagles. Brian, you already told us you like Brick Os- Brick Osweiler in this game. So apparently you like one of his receivers, if not more. Who are the who's startable here? Uh, like you know, that's well, never mind. Yeah, okay, I like Brick. Uh, but Demarius Thomas, you got to give him a B here. He did catch five touchdowns in seven games with Brock in 2015. Uh, Philly has been tough on paper against wide receivers the last two weeks, but mm-hmm. it was San Francisco and a nor'easter and the washed up Washington wide receiver corps the weeks before that. So I do like Thomas here. Uh, the Eagles are top five in catches and yards allowed to wide receivers. I will give Emmanuel Sanders a C as well. Uh, he should make his return from a uh, sprained ankle. Even though Brick Osweiler is his quarterback, this is a favorable matchup on paper, so he is startable in a game where the Broncos will probably be chasing points. Um, uh, no no tight end. I'm not playing a tight end for the Broncos. It's too muddled there. Um, and over the running game, C.J. Anderson has looked 
kind of bad the last few weeks. Yeah. Um, and that's why Devontae Booker has my take a chance for me running back. He had three carries inside the 10-yard line last week. CJ has one red zone carry in the last three weeks. So I like Booker a little more than Anderson, but How Anderson about that? still gets the C. Mm-hmm. Um, over to the Eagles, uh, Carson Wentz. Usually an automatic A, but you got to give him a B against Denver. You have you to do. respect him there. No need for Wentz's stats. He's winning leagues right now. But uh, the Broncos do warrant some stats. Uh, no quarterback has topped 240 passing yards against them. But Tyrod Taylor, Dak Prescott, and Phillip Rivers threw for multiple touchdowns against the Broncos this year, so Wentz can do the same. Zach Ertz gets an A, despite the hammy issue he was uh, dealing with this week. Ertz has scored six times this year, and Denver has given up six tight end touchdowns through seven games. They rank 27th against the position by football outsiders, so Ertz is still an elite start. Alshon Jeffrey is not an elite start. Uh, Denver (laughs) gave up seven wide receiver touchdowns all of last year, which is absolutely insane. That is not a lot of touchdowns to wide receivers. They have given up six already this year, though, so they softened a little bit. But uh, most of these wide receiver touchdowns have been very random. Johnny <laughs> Holton, Andre Holmes, Travis Benjamin twice. Yeah, how about that? So it's just kind of like this rando receiver will catch a touchdown. Alshon Jeffrey is going to get the most attention from the wide receivers. So he just gets a C here. Uh, I just said random wide receivers have scored, but I'm still putting Aguilar and Torrey Smith on the bench. I do Ooh, like I like Ag- Aguilar. Yeah. This week. You do like him? This I, do. I was, I like him I was borderline. Too. Yeah, he has touchdowns in three of his last four games. I, I oh, can't... well, wait, wait, wait. Now he draws uh, Chris Harris. Ooh. Yeah, Aguilar's dead. Yeah, yeah. It, sorry, I was on the wrong side of that. Yeah, it's, Aguilar's uh, dead. It's close, but he, he's still rosterable, and he will be startable in coming weeks for sure. But, Chris uh, Harris is the best of their of all of their cornerbacks, and he's their slot guy. Yep. I don't like it. And then uh, let's go to the running backs. We just talked about LeGarrette Blunt and Jay Ajayi. I do like Blunt more in this game. I'm going to give them both a C in this one. It is a tough matchup. Denver mm-hmm. ranks second overall against the rush and has yet to surrender a rushing touchdown this season. Uh yeah. I almost want to bench both. I would I actually yes. bench Ajayi here. I'm benching both. You're right. No, you, the, you bench both. They're both benched. Ajayi may have, he may only get five carries in this game. The beat writers there think he's going to do nothing. Don't start Ajayi here. Let's find out. Let's find out what they're, how this thing is shaping up first. Good call. Uh, all right, let's go to Chiefs taking on the Dallas Cowboys. Kareem Hunt is an, is an A, even though he hasn't scored now in five weeks. This thing is starting to feel a little bit like last year. Do you remember how last season Spencer Ware, like through week four, was like RB1 overall in fantasy points, and then he trailed off? Kareem Hunt's a much better talent. Um, Now, the good news is the Dallas defense has given up 134 or more yards from scrimmage and at least one touchdown to every back who's gotten 20 touches or more. Hunt averages 22 touches. So workhorse backs are getting it done against the Cowboys. Dallas is also giving up four and a half yards per carry, which is a ton. So, A grade on Kareem Hunt. Let's go to the uh, passing game. B grade for Alex Smith. All of Alex Smith's multiple touchdown games have come on the road this year. The Dallas secondary is healthy again, though, and they've been much improved over the past two weeks. They held Kirk Cousins and C.J. Beathard to one combined touchdown pass. When healthy, this is a pretty good Dallas secondary, and they are healthy now. Alex Smith, just a B grade. Tyreek Hill, though, I like a lot. He has a good opportunity, gets back on track. Last week, only two uh, only two catches, but he faces a Cowboys team that's given up the fourth most receptions to wide receiver, nine touchdowns to wide receiver. This game is in Dallas and kills three biggest games, and all three of his touchdowns have come on the road. He goes up against corner Anthony Brown, who, when targeted, is giving up a passer rating of 105. So I've got an A grade on Tyreek Hill. B grade on Travis Kelsey because it's a tough matchup. Cowboys are giving up just have given up just one touchdown to the tight end position. 
They've held all opposing tight ends to under 54 receiving yards. That said, I looked through the, re- the tight ends they faced, and they've been garbage. <laughs> Kelsey is by far the best. I've got a B grade on Kelsey, but he trends towards an A. Let's go to the Dallas side. Zeke is an obvious A, and he's my number one ranked running back this week. If you missed the news yesterday, Zeke's playing. It's back on. His average game, Zeke's average game over the last month of games, 161 yards and two touchdowns. That feels good. That feels good. We take that here. Dak Prescott is um, is an A start as well. The Chiefs secondary really struggling, giving up 273 passing yards and two touchdowns per game. Only four teams have allowed more rushing yards to quarterbacks. That suits Dak Prescott's game as well. He's an A start. So is Des Bryant, my number one wide receiver this week. Bryant lines up mostly on the left side. That means he's going to avoid Marcus Peters. He's going to get to feast on Terrence Mitchell and then sometimes in the slot against Phillip Gaines. Both have been liabilities in coverage, and the Chiefs have allowed the most touchdowns and the most yardage to wide receivers this year. I love Des Bryant in this game as well. I like the Cowboys in this game overall, too. They're going to, I think they will win and win handily. Uh, Jason Witten, B grade. It's been all or nothing with Witten, but this feels like one of the all games. The Chiefs have allowed the third most yardage to tight ends. A.J. Derby scored against them last week. The prior week, Jared Cook rumbled for 100 yards against them. So this feels like a great opportunity for Witten as well. We'll take a break. When we come back, plenty more matchups. We still have lightning round looming. Again, it's all-female caller week. Rosemary, Mulaney, and Ava, and Lila continue to hold. We've got one free phone lines, lady, if you want to chime in. 651-989-5326. You're listening to Fantasy Football Weekly on The Fan. Show Fantasy Football Weekly on the Fan. Paul Charchian, Scott Fish, Brian Johnson with you. Many thanks to our decade long sponsor, Grain Belt Premium, the official beer of fantasy football. Don't forget to play the free Crush Charge Challenge at grainbelt.com. Get to play against me. Cost you nothing. Easy to set a roster. And the best part is you don't have a salary cap or anything. You just pick your favorite, put together your favorite lineup, anybody you want. And if you're listening to this show, you already got a bunch of insight as to who to start. Uh, many thanks to our friends at the brewery, Sean Ryan, Ted, and Jody Marty. Our Week 9 winner last week, Mick McCumber, who will be joining me at the Winner's Banquet at Manny's Steakhouse in January and his chance for the $2,000 grand prize. Many thanks also to the general manager of Manny's, Dave Wilson. Nice enough to uh, provide a unbelievable banquet meal at uh, at Manny's Steakhouse. Indianapolis takes on uh, Houston. No small amount of uh, chaos on the Houston side, but let's start on the Indy side for just a minute. Jacoby Brissett was my take a chance on me quarterback. What do you think about T.Y. Hilton this week? I love him. I love him and Doyle. I'm giving them both A's. Uh, I know Hilton's been very hot and cold lately. Yeah, super. But his good games were against Cleveland and San Francisco. Bottom 10 defenses when they played. His bad games against Seattle, Jacksonville, and Cincinnati. All top 10 when they played. Yeah. This one's a bottom 10, and he's averaging eight targets a game. Mm-hmm. Hilton with an A. 
Doyle with an A. Since coming back from injury, he's averaging 11 targets per game as a tight end. Yeah. <laughs> that that is amounted to eight catches for 72 yards per game, scoring twice. Texans are, have allowed three touchdowns over the last four games. Seven, for, seven receptions, 78 yards receiving to That's tight ends. That's a lot. That's a lot over the last four games. Yep. Doyle's, I think, my tight end number five this week. I, I think I, I should look at my own. I think I, I should look at my own player rankings. I think I might have higher you. I think I'm at three yeah, or four. I've got him at tight end five. All right, I'm benching Gore and Mac. Texans are top five versus the run. They've only allowed one running back over sixty yards rushing since mm-hmm. week one, and that was Kareem Hunt. They've only, they have not allowed a single running back over twenty five yards receiving, except. Well, I suppose one single one. Trey Madden's fluke 66-yard reception. Otherwise, they're not even allowing it in the receiving game. So, just too tough here. Uh, Gore doesn't even have a game over 60 yards rushing. I'm benching them both. On the Texans' side, Savage was my take home. I like him this week, and Mm -hmm. that makes me like Hopkins and Fuller still. Uh, Colts are bottom five versus wide receivers. And get this, against the Colts in the last four straight weeks, Multiple wide receivers have had at least 70 yards or a score. So two different mm. wide receivers every week are yeah. producing against the Colts. That's Hopkins and Fuller here. In week one, Savage targeted Hopkins eight times in the first half. Granted, you know, Fuller wasn't there, so we'll see what that amounts to. But number two receivers against the Colts, three 100-yard games and five touchdowns. So I think both are in play quite a bit here. Yeah, they're still startable. Yes. Uh, both Fuller and Hopkins still startable, Absolutely. even with Savage at the helm. Absolutely. I'm still I'm still starting Griffin, too, on a C grade. He's averaging five targets a game since week two. He's Fedorowicz isn't back yet, and Colts have allowed six tight ends over the last seven games to have 45 yards or a touchdown. I think there's a little bit of opportunity there, even with Savage in. Lamar Miller. Uh <laughs> the Colts have allowed the most rushing touchdowns in the NFL, and they're tied for the most touchdowns total in mm. the NFL to running backs. Yes. Lamar Miller has 15 touches in every single game. He's just getting the volume. Uh, I'm still giving him an A grade here. All right. Yeah, yeah. It's, I'm. You're a little less on I'm, Lamar I, Yeah, I'm a lot, I liked Miller a lot more when the threat of the passing game was there for the Colts right. to have to defend a lot more than what Tom Savage And Dwayne Brown, who finally came back and then left. And then left, yeah, there's that too. Right? Well, over the last four games, they've allowed three receptions to running backs, two touchdowns, 85 total yards to the last four running backs. Uh, like, uh, no, I look, the defensive opportunity yeah. is there. <laughs> I'm not sure they have the trigger man in, um, in Tom Savage. Let's go to our next matchup. Raiders taking on the Dolphins. Um, a lot of people uh, concerned or questioning whether or not they can uh, trust the Raiders' passing game. It's been hot and cold all year. Dolphins' secondary's been good. What do you make of Carr, Cooper, and Crabtree? I really like uh, Derek Carr. I'm giving him an A. Uh, looks like his old self uh, with two straight big games. Uh, this could be his third in a row. Miami is ranked 28th against the pass by football outsiders, and they own the second-highest opponent average passer rating allowed. Uh, When when Joe Flacco and Ryan Mallett can combine to throw multiple passing touchdowns Mm -hmm. against the uh, Dolphins, I think Derek Carr will be just fine here. I don't like his receivers as much, though. Uh, Michael Crabtree I like more. I'm going to give him a B. He's the safer play, obviously. Crabtree has topped 80 yards or scored in six of his seven games this season. But it doesn't really appear to be an ideal matchup for wide receivers. Only two opposing wide receivers have been targeted more than eight times against the Dolphins. Right. Who have allowed just nine total wide receiver catches over their last two games. 
But they've surrendered four wide receiver touchdowns over their last three games, so there is hope for Crabtree, who is the better red zone option uh, over Amari Cooper, who I will begrudgingly give a B to. Uh, 29 targets over his, over the last two weeks for Cooper, but he is a human roller coaster ride. Uh, always <laughs> red. It, it is. Uh, lots of highs, lots of lows. Yep. So just beware if you're starting Cooper this week, but you do have to start him. But I do like Jared Cook maybe more than both wide receivers. He was my take a chance on me receiver. And then over to Marshawn Lynch, uh, who, I'll give it, who I will give a C to. Uh, he's coming off his longest run of the season, which is when he ran from the sideline to the scrum at the center <laughs> of the against the Chiefs. <laughs> nice. Uh, so he should be ready to roll against the Dolphins uh, in this one. But uh, it might not be good times that are rolling here. Uh, Miami no. is ranked third against the run by football outsiders. They've only allowed three rushing touchdowns to running backs. Right. And before the Dolphins uh, blow out loss last week, they were allowing only 79 rushing yards per game. So I'm only giving Lynch a C here, and uh, DeAndre Washington and Jalen Richard are back on the bench. Uh, over to Miami, and uh, their brand spanking new starting running back, Kenyon Drake, who I guess I'll give a C to because he is a starting running back in the NFL. Uh, the Raiders have given up 100-plus rushing yards to opposing running backs in four of their last six games. Drake appears to be the guy over Damian Williams. I don't know about that. I think this thing is really up in the I think this is like a 51-49 deal yeah, right it, now. I, I, you can't get too excited about either, really. Uh, that offensive line is just awful. Uh, so, yeah. But I'm give Drake a C in this one. We'll just see what happens with that backfield. Uh, like Jarvis Landry a little more, he gets a B. Borderline A, uh, Oakland has given up three touchdowns to opposing wide receivers over the past two games. Mm-hmm. And those are guys like Andre Holmes and Albert Wilson finding pay dirt. Uh, and Oakland slot corner TJ Carey has allowed the third most catches and sixth most yards in slot coverage. So Landry is a strong start. Uh, maybe Devontae Parker is as well. Uh, should make his return from an ankle injury this week and is hopefully near 100%. Uh, because when healthy, Parker was averaging nine targets and six catches a game. Oakland is top 10 in catches and yards allowed to wide receivers, so Parker is a good play if healthy. Uh, Oakland also without two cornerbacks, starter David Anderson and Demetrius McCray. Kenny Stills is a tough one. Uh, obvious start if Parker doesn't suit up or if he's a surprise scratch. But Par- I th- Parker's playing. Yeah, that's yeah. It, and that's it for Stills. The that run's is. over for Stills. It is. He, he was. He did nothing when when Parker was healthy. He blew up when Parker was gone. I think it's that simple. Yeah, I'm with you there. And uh, Julius Thomas still on the bench uh, has yet to top three catches or score a touchdown this year. Julius has also only topped 30 yards once, so he's on the bench. As is Jay Cutler. Uh, he'll be, make his return from a rib injury. But Marcus Mariota, Joe Flacco, Joe, Joe Flacco, Phillip Rivers, and Tyrod Taylor all posted poor numbers against Oakland. I fear that Cutler will do the He's same. He's in that same category oh, yeah. of quarterback, unfortunately. And that might be being generous. Uh, ladies, we have full phone lines, which is terrific. We're excited to take your calls next segment. Lightning round looming along with a couple other things, including our final matchup. Packers taking on the Lions. All of that between now and the top of the hour when we come back. You're listening to Fantasy Football Weekly on The Fan. Final segment of Fantasy Football Weekly. Well, this week. I mean, we got more shows to come. We'll be on next week at 7 a.m. Reminder, gentlemen, it's our annual Deer Hunting Widows show. We call it Chick Chat here at Fantasy Football Weekly. Ladies, you've got priority on the phones all day. That includes Lightning Round coming up in just a couple of minutes. Now, for the deer hunters who are out there, I know a lot of you are streaming the show live from your deer stands right now, iHeartRadio, KFAN.com. Send your photos, your action photos. 
as much action as there is in a deer stand, of which there's almost none. But uh, to me, at Paul Charchin on Twitter, I'm retweeting them over the course of the show. It's been fun seeing everybody out there in the deer stands listening to the show. Premature speculation is a bit we do every week where we identify players you should pick up now one week before we think they're going to be hot pickups next week. We've unearthed tons of of good opportunities over the course of this show this season. Let's see what we got this week. Scott, premature speculation guy. Well, this one might have been better had Ezekiel Elliott been out. Yes, it would have been better. I'm going with Rod Smith. I actually think he's the best running back in that backfield. Uh, He went for 8 for 61 against San Francisco in relief a few weeks ago. He had two preseason games over 80 yards, three catches in each of them. It's preseason, but he's shown a lot of flashes, and I know what Alfred Morris and Darren McFadden are. I don't like them. McFadden's done. Yes, exactly. I think what Morris brings, though, is the confidence of the coaching staff, which counts for a lot. He's not going to cost them a win and all, you know, turn a win into a loss in all probability. Yep. And, And also, Charles Clay's due back next week. You should probably pick him up if he was dropped in your league. He could be a top 12 tight end. He might play this week. Yeah. He might play tomorrow. Go get him. Yes. Uh, Brian. Uh, Here's another tight end you could add. add. Uh, It's been a while since we gave um, a tip of the fedora to C.J. Fedorowicz, but uh, he could make his return next, or he should make his return next week uh, against the Rams. Um, Long story short, uh, with bad bad quarterbacking last year, uh, Fedorowicz was basically a top 10 tight end. And guess what? The Houston Texans are going to have bad quarterbacking, quarterbacking for the again. rest of the year. So yeah. tight end has been a wasteland outside of five, six, seven guys. No, not even. Yeah. Four guys. Yeah. <laughs> I'm probably being generous there. You're right. Uh, so if you don't have one of those four guys, uh, go add Fedorowitz now. All right. How about a third tight end recommendation? Greg Olson. We need him. Uh, I think he's, in my opinion, he's the best out of the three that we've given you so far. Easily. He's practicing this week. He's eligible to come off IR in two weeks. And so if you can sit on this for a couple of weeks, it's a great opportunity for him. No Kelvin Benjamin. That certainly works in his favor. Greg Olson last year averaged eight targets per game. That would be tremendous production in this offense. Mm -hmm. So Greg Olson, a guy you can go get right now, be ahead of the curve. Uh, Also, Danny Woodhead, also practicing already. And the belief is he is fully healed from the hamstring injury that he suffered in the preseason, then re-injured in week one that he's 100% right now and could play. He looked good on that first drive. He did. If you were to extrapolate (laughs) his first drive of week one before he got hurt, that would extrapolate to 18,000 receptions for 267,000 receiving yards this season. That might might have broken records. That would have been a really good season for Danny Woodhead. Practicing also eligible to return in week number 11. Final matchup is the Monday Nighter. That is Detroit taking on Green Bay. Let's start on the Green Bay side. I don't have anybody uh, graded above a C. Let's start with the running game. Aaron Jones, since taking over the lead runner role, Jones has been good for an average of 90 total yards, which I like. Almost a touchdown per game. I like that, too. Um, And they're going to continue to run him a lot. You can't count on on the quarterback position. I think there's nothing they would like more than for Aaron Jones to run the Packers to victory here. If history is any indication, he's going to need a lot of carries, though. Detroit only gives up 3.5 yards per carry. Last week, for Le'Veon Bell to get to 75 yards, it took him 25 carries to get there. This is a good Detroit run defense. So 
I see great on Aaron Jones. From I, I think he'll get plenty of use here, but I don't know if he's going to get enough to to get him into anything too terribly meaningful. Let's go to the passing game. Oh, by the way, Ty Montgomery. We already as we already established in a previous segment of this show, dead. Drop him outright. Let's go to the uh, let's go to the passing game. I got Brent Hundley on the bench. Brutal in his first start of the year uh, before last week's bye. I hope he spent this week's bye week. In Green Bay. I hope he didn't like keep his plans on going to Cancun for the bye week. I hope he stayed in Green Bay and did nothing but practice and work on getting to be better. Because what we saw last week was bad, or the week before that was bad. Um, the Lions have two terrific cornerbacks. Darius Slay, Keandre Diggs. That They're largely going to take away Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb. And that means that that's what, those are two less good targets for Brent Hundley. And I don't know that he's got enough Jordy Nelson in him to cobble together a decent fantasy game. So I've got Hunley on the bench. So let's now talk Devontae Adams. Top cornerbacks have been taking Devontae Adams, not Jordy Nelson, all year long. Mm-hmm. An example here locally, Xavier Rhodes shadowed Devontae Adams for most of that Viking game. So I expect him to get the Slay ride this week. Darius Slay has held Julio Jones, Antonio Brown, and Michael Thomas to per-game averages of just 60 yards, and none of them scored. So... And those guys, by the way, have got Matt Ryan, Ben Roethlisberger, and Drew Brees throwing to them, not Brett Huntley. So Devontae Adams is just a C start here. Randall Cobb gets Keandre Diggs, who's been a lot better this year. Um, although slot receivers have had a handful of good games, including Juju Smith-Schuster, blew up last week. So, I, I, But Cobb has been only is only getting four targets per game over the last month. And some of those are with Aaron Rodgers. So I've got him on the bench. So... Let's talk Jordy Nelson. If Darius Slay is going to be on Adams, that puts Nelson on Nevin Larson, who has, by the way, he's got all the coverage skills of a guy named Nevin, who <laughs> was getting beat up on playgrounds. I was whatever. pretty sure you made that name up. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, ne- ne- <laughs> Nevin Lawson is quarterback 107 by Pro Football Focus. So I kind of like Jordy Nelson here, but I still can't get him above a C grade. Um Hopefully he can be better than that, but I don't know that it's going to happen. Let's go to the Detroit side. We'll start with the running game there as well. Amir Abdullah, just a C grade, averaging just 3.2 yards per carry over his last three games. He isn't allowed near the ball when they get to the stripe. Although yesterday, I think it was to a reporter, he said he wants the ball more near the goal line, and he can want it all he wants, but I don't think that changes anything. I'd like to get the ball near the stripe. That's not going to change anything. Abdullah's going to average uh, or has averaged 45 yards and no scores in two games against the Packers last year. Green Bay's just a middle of the pack run defense. They're giving up 4.2 yards per carry and the sixth most rushing yards. You know, you know the bit on Abdullah. If you like your 50 yards on the ground and you like another 15 through the air, he's your guy. I will we'll give Abdullah this, and this is from the RB Scout on Twitter, who we've mentioned a few times on the show. Awesome. Abdullah is third in um, yards per carry after the potential tackle point. Over two and a half, meaning he gets it done on his own. So he, uh, he passes the eye test. He's actually, yeah. I think he's he's looked, he's having the best year of his career, but doing it very quietly. And he's had some juke moves that have been yep. sick this year. And and just, just to add on real quick, before the potential tackle point, he he's second to last with one point one yards per carry, meaning his offensive line is failing him miserably. Right well, now. and they still have all kinds of problems across the offensive yep. line with injuries as well. Let's talk Matthew Stafford, who I've got an A grade on. Uh, he's absorbed the fourth most sacks, but the Packers have only had only registered twelve sacks all year. So think about this: they have twelve. The Jaguars 
have 33. That's how bad 12 sacks is this year. That's third worst in the NFL. So I think Stafford is comfortable in the pocket on Monday night. He's thrown the ball in the last two weeks 97 times. So it's all about high volume here, and he's gotten consecutive 300 passing yard games. I think this is another high volume game for him. He roasted the Packers secondary for almost 400 yards and three touchdowns in his last trip to Lambeau last year. So the environment does not intimidate him. Now, the Packers do get back Morgan Burnett. That's a big plus for them. But there's still a lot of bad cornerbacks. And let's talk about some of these individual matchups, including Golden Tate, who gets an A grade. Even last week, when he came in all banged up, he finished with a solid 86 yards. He's a week healthier now. And he gets to face slot corner Demarius Randall, who's been bad. Pro Football Focus ranks him as cornerback 102. The last four slot receivers to play the Packers have scored or topped 97 yards. Jeez. I love Golden Tate this week. Yep. He's in my uh, he's in my great chart chase chart chase lineup at fanball.com. My lineups too. Uh, Marvin Jones gets a C grade over the past two weeks with Golden Tate hurt. He had seen 25 targets, just one fewer than he accrued in the first five games of the season combined. Now that resurgence happens to coincide uh, with him returning to Lambeau Field. What did he do at Lambeau Field last year? Marvin Jones, 205 yards and two touchdowns last year. He'll draw a lot of Devon House, who is the best of the Packers' lackluster cornerbacks, though, so I'll mention that. So then we get to one of the sneakiest plays of the week. Maybe the sneakiest play of the week. T.J. Jones. Kenny Galladay's going to miss another game with his hamstring injury. He's going to earn a starting grade here based on his 17 targets the last two weeks. Eight and nine target games, and he goes up against rookie cornerback Kevin King, who grades out as Pro Football Focus's 110th best cornerback. If you are in a deep pinch, consider T.J. Jones at wide receiver. Is that so, nuts? Are you going to do it? Are like you going to mention double E? No. No? Okay. There's no mention. Okay. I told you I, last I week. I know. He I, is well, not yeah. even worthy of the time it takes to say don't start him. That wraps up. Our matchup portion. Now, it is time for lightning round. Again, I can't keep repeating myself, but let's be really clear about this. Ladies, you have priority for all of lightning round, unless you get to a point where you stop calling. Then I'm going to let the guys chime in. But otherwise, all ladies, it's deer hunting opener. We do this every year. It's been this way for 15, 20 years now on this show. Deer hunting opener. Ladies, we're talking to you. You are deer hunting widows. You need the consolation of a win on Sunday. And also, reminder, ladies, one question between two players. Only two players. We don't want to hear your whole roster. That's how lightning round works. So let's jump in, and we'll begin with, let's see, who's been holding the longest? Catherine, hello. Hi. Hi. I have uh, a different kind of league. Uh, we played two quarterbacks, three wide receivers, two running backs, a tight end, and a flex. My question is about the flex. 
Uh, Robert Woods or Blunt? Nicely done. One question between two players. Thank you for knowing the rules here, Catherine. I'm taking I'm Robert Woods. I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller. Excellent. Thank you. I'm taking Robert Woods. I love, love that matchup, and I, I'm just worried about what that split is going to be in week one. I think Blunt should still get the majority, but I like Woods over. And a really tough matchup for Blunt against yeah. Denver, too. Yeah. Thank you, Catherine. Oh. Uh, Melanie, you are next. Hello. Hi. Hi. This is a big one for me. Um, I play my husband, oh. and whoever loses has to deep clean all three bathrooms in our house. I love it. Every <laughs> every league that's got couples who play, when it's your turn on the schedule to, to face each other, there ought to be stakes on the line. Absolutely. And I love that. <laughs> I love it. Love this. Melanie, we're going to help you win. All right. Um, Carson Wentz or Derek Carr? Woo, that's tough. Uh, back to Blunt I real quick. Wentz is... From my alma mater, I graduated from India too, so I have a. I so kind of. You have a soft a spot bit. for him in your heart, but we need we need ice cold rational logic right now, Brian. Yes, that's why I'm asking you this question. I'm gonna do my best to keep you out of the bathroom uh, in the cleaning sense. There, I'm gonna go Carr. I like Carr a little more than Wentz. Uh, it's just an easier matchup for Carr. Wentz against Denver. That's one of the matchups where I would go Carr over Wentz. I gotta say. I mean, if Wentz put up. A zero touchdown game against Denver, we'd be like, "Yeah, it was Denver. That yeah, happened." Yeah. So, plus, it's nice having that Sunday night hammer. If she's behind, she can rub it, rub it in his face while he comes back. There you go, Katie. Hello. Hello. Hi. Jack Prescott or Russell Wilson? Oh, I love both of them this so week, I. and they're both inside my top four at the quarterback position. Um, Dak Prescott—I've got Russell one spot high. They're both inside my top three. You can't go wrong. I've got Russell Wilson one spot higher in a very good matchup with Washington, and he's been red hot. They've both been great. You can't, you're not going to go wrong either way. Uh, let's see, Lila. Hello. Hi. Hi, Lila. Um. PPR League, Joe Mixon or Demarco Murray? Oh, you did a good job for your dad. Lila. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for calling in. Uh, Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon. Okay, there we go. Rosemary, you're next on the show. Hi, I'm thinking of fitting AJ Green, and I can put in either Cooper Cup or Jack Doyle. Uh, might have broken the rules yeah, there. Kind of breaking the rules look, on this one, Rosemary. She sounds way too nice to hang up on her. Uh, I'm. Oh man, I hate sitting AJ Green. I hate it. Hate I'd it, do hate it. it. I'd play. I'm a. You know, I'm a matchup guy at heart. Mm-hmm. I'd play Doyle. Yeah, yeah so if you're going to play in the matchups, it's, it is Doyle, for I sure. I would, too. It's, okay, yeah. well, I'm outnumbered, but I, I, can't, <laughs> I can't argue it too much. So, yeah, let's go Doyle. All right, quick break in the calls. We'll get to Ava in just a second. Don't forget to play the Great Charge Chase for free at Fanball. Fanball.com slash charge. You play against me and my roster. If you beat me, you get a ticket to our Week 17 Grand Entry thing, whatever name. $15,000 prize. $15,000. And you win pool. cash this week, too, in addition yeah, to that's beating. That's true. And you it's can a, win it's cash. Free contest, so check it out. Thank you. Ava, hello. Uh, my question is in a 50 50 non PPR league, in my flex, do I start Adrian Peterson versus 49ers or Aaron Jones versus Detroit? Adrian Peterson should get a lot of work in a very juicy matchup. We'll go with him. Mm-hmm. Je- is it Jenny? Jeannie. Hi, Jeannie. Hi. I lost uh, Deshaun Watson this week, and I need Goff or Cam. Oh, Goff for me. Easily Goff. We we love Goff. I think I have Goff in my top seven or eight this week. Yeah. Uh, He is my number five quarterback this week. Marilyn, you're next. 
Yeah, hi. This is a PPR question, and this is only going forward as I don't need a running back this week. Oh, okay. I do need to pick up an IDP. So I'm looking at wondering if I should keep Matt Breda or Hunter Henry. Wow, IDP. Oh, I like this. Breda or Henry. Uh, I don't know. Hyde is still in the mix. Going forward. Going forward, I'm still going to I'll stick with Hunter Henry. I just mm-hmm. he, he'll be utilized more unless Hyde gets hurt. But right now he's healthy. So I, I'd stick with Henry. Megan, you're next on the show. Hi, for the PPR League, uh, Will Fuller or Joe Mixon? <sighs> it's Mixon. Yeah, I think we're going to go. I think we're going to go Mixon on this one. I, you know, I want to believe that Will Fuller is going to be okay here, yeah. but in a PPR league, he just doesn't. He wasn't getting a lot of volume Let's anyway. Yeah. Yep. Hi, Heather. Hi. What's on your mind? Uh, well, my husband has begged me to call in because it's our 10-year anniversary. Well, it's so. it's a little bit of a cheesy move because we prefer the women that we talk to actually play. But in light of the fact that it's your 10-year anniversary, we're going to let it slide this time. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Okay. Um, rest of the season, Orleans Dakwa or Devontae Booker. Ooh. You know what? I think I might actually go Booker. Book, Booker's surging, man. He might. Yeah. Uh, I mean, whoa, man. Uh, yeah. I don't think Charge agrees by the face he's. No, I do. I'm, I'm. It's a more of a perplexed thing. It's the really Giants' tough. offensive line crumbling before our eyes. They just put their starting center on IR a couple of minutes ago. It's Darkwa is their starter, but Gallman might step up. I like Booker better than CJ right now. I'm probably going Booker. And congratulations. Yeah. Uh, and you don't have to get him a, a, a present now. That yeah, that is present. the present. Yep. That's right. You're off the hook. Exactly. Uh, what is the what is the ten year gift? Deep tissue uh, massage? Uh, is it? I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember either. It's a lightning round yeah. question now. Uh, Allie, hello. Hi, Allie. I'm wondering if I choose Devante. Devante. Yeah, your phone's breaking up, Allie. Give it to me one more time. Devante Adams or? Doug Baldwin. Ah. Doug Baldwin. I think it's Doug Baldwin. I think you're right. I think it was Doug Baldwin. Tin or aluminum, we're told by Tony, is the gift of... Uh, really? T- aluminum... F- alu- I even give the gift of aluminum other than foil. But yeah, Doug Baldwin is the answer. He should avoid Josh Norman All right. for the most part, right? Paula, hello? Paula? Hello, Paula? No Paula. All right. Marcy, hello? Hi. Uh, PPR... Uh, Rita or Marlon Mack? Ugh. We have bench grades on both this yeah. week. Yeah. Uh, Don't guess, you take Mack? For the... I, I guess I would k- take Mack. He's out-snapped Gore the last couple weeks, but mm-hmm. I hate the matchup, but yeah, I guess Mack. Look for Booker on your waiver wire. <laughs> Devante Booker. Ann, hello? Hi. I need Blunt or Drake in a standard league. Uh, oh, I get to use my blunt joke. Denver certainly knows how to handle blunts. So there I'm going go. with Drake in this one. All right. There you go. <laughs> Even joking aside, you still like Drake. We put uh, blunt on the bench, or I did. We did. I, got, I got a C for Drake. So uh, you're go. right. Ladies, you uh, performed admirably today. Excellent job. Um, and don't be a stranger. You don't have to wait for the deer hunting show to call in. We love hearing from you. And uh, we uh, we encourage you to call in every week. And, guys, I hope you had a great time in the deer hunting stand as well. If you missed any part of the show, check out the podcast, KFAN, Fan On Demand. Don't forget to uh, rank and review the show as well. Also available on iHeartRadio. We are on at 7 a.m. next week. 
Gopher game will bump us to 7 o'clock. 7 a.m., I will not be here, Matt. You're yeah, on. funny how that works. Yeah, we'll <laughs> see Matt Harrison and Brian Johnson for that show. Uh, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye, everybody. You're listening to Fantasy Football Weekly on The Fan.